putting into the Dennis configuration. Um, what does it mean to open the eyes of my heart? Have you ever thought about that? We just sang it. What does that mean? Um, there are, we need spiritual eyes, eyes that can see things that aren't, we don't normally see. You know, the physical world demands our attention. You know, my back's hurting now. That demands attention. Um, fix a light switch. Oh, what's for lunch? Um, you know, coronaviruses and all this. Um, you know, Satan wins a victory when he can keep us in the physical world and with our hearts turned that way and when we ignore our spiritual side. You know, our spirit, man has a spirit inside him. That's what separates us from the animals, and it exists. There's things out there that we can't see. I mean, there's physical things we can't see, right? You, what happens when you press the remote on your TV? Oh, no. It, you know, or the remote on your car, you, gravity. Has anybody here seen gravity? It's physical. It's very real, but it's can't see it. Um, things in the dark, perfect darkness. You know, I, I know that chair's there somewhere but I can't see it. Um, there's spiritual things we can't see also. You know, around us, you know, the Holy Spirit's working, the angels, there's demons, there's things somewhere out there that we cannot see. They're there. Um, there's the spiritual side of others around us. You know, there are hurts and fears and doubts and victories. Um, you know, there's things God's doing in our lives. His sovereign plan is being worked out. We don't see it. Um, the effects of prayer, answers to prayer that's already starting, but we can't see yet. Um, you know, God's always got something going on behind the scenes. Always active. Um, you know, a call to worship. What, why do we stop and do the call to worship in the middle? It's to pull us in. It's to pull us out of the physical world and then maybe more into the, you know, to focus our hearts on the spiritual world. It's to change our focus. And that's what we're here for this morning. Um, you know, the, the spiritual eyes focus on spiritual realities. You know, just like there's physical vision problems, right? I wore glasses. Um, there's spiritual vision problems as well. Um, I would love to see, God hasn't done it yet, but see him just kind of open a window or do something to my eyes where for one minute I could see heaven. You ever thought about that? What that's like? Just one minute, then it goes away. That would change your entire life. It would change your, your sharing with friends and family. It would change our fear of death. It would change so much. Um, or it wouldn't take as long, maybe 10 seconds, of a picture of, of hell. Um, there's, spirit, there's things that are real, but they're spiritual. Our eyes can't see them. Um, let's turn to Psalm 119, just verse 18. Um, it's a long, long chapter. We're going to look at just verse 18. We'll do one verse for our call to worship. Um, and as you're turning, just think of, that song, uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, do you remember that one, the hymn? That one line in there just sticks out to me, that once you turn your eyes on Jesus, it says, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. You know, as you just kind of change your focus a little bit, where we're not so dominated by the physical world. Psalm 119, 
verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. You know, there's three things out of that verse, real quick. There are wonderful things in God's law, in God's word. There's just magic out there. But no one can see these without God's supernatural help. Um, And we're to pray for God. We're to ask God to open our eyes. Um, As we read the Bible, as we go around and, around and share with people. As we're sitting in church, open our eyes, Lord. Um, remember, with, with God, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes that you can't see. I think it's, it's valid to stop and say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see more of what you're doing. Help me to see it as a blessing from you. So let's pray. Lord, I, I do, again, pray that you open our eyes. Um, open the eyes of our heart. Lord, that that we wouldn't be just sitting here thinking about lunch and sore backs and stuff, that we would be able to focus on you, Lord. As, this con- as we continue in worship, in song, and then as we hear your word spoken from this pulpit, I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes that are open, that are spiritual eyes. We ask these things in your mighty name. Amen. COVID as that has happened here in the United States. And so we thank God that he's brought Tim and we ask that he would bless his preaching. So let's have a prayer for Tim as he brings the message. Our good and gracious God and Father, we thank you for the Rivette family and the work that they're doing in Paraguay, depending upon your spirit to lead them and to do and bring the end result of all of their faithful work. Father, we pray that in the preaching, Tim would be clear from the scriptures, it would be accurate from the text, and that you would be pleased to open the eyes of our heart that we might see wonderful things from this word being preached. And may you attend it with your spirit to do all that needs to be done in each one's heart and soul. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It's good to be here again. Uh, we re- recently, somebody was commenting on every time we visited this church, it's about every three to four years, we have a new child with us. and. That stops this time. Um, we're, I was commenting that uh, uh, three, and we're outnumbered. Uh, I had a, an old pastor told me, uh, you know, one child is one child, and two, a little bit tougher, uh, two children, and three is like, all of a sudden, a jump to like 14 children all of a sudden. It's just you're, you have more bodies, more energy, more running around. And last time we were here, uh, Gabrielli, who's the youngest there in Margarita's lap, she was one-year-old, and now she's four all three are going on to school. Uh, Anna will be in fifth grade. Can you believe the first time we visited you all? Um, I, think, I think Anna was almost born the first time we visited the church, so about 10 years ago. Yeah, she's going to be 10 next month. And Antoine is uh, six and going to be in first grade. And Margarita, my wife, uh, we're always just happy to be here. And uh, we always are thankful for the church for the, the, the birthday cards you're faithful and sing those birthday cards, and then they could make that connection. I was like, we're going to the church that always sends you your birthday card. And they, oh, really? And so, so it's good to, as I was saying, it's, good to, it's great to be here. 
Um, before we had to, to come to the United States from Paraguay, uh, we had to get the COVID test. Who here had the, the stick in the nose COVID test? It's not fun. It's not fun. I've had it a couple times, you know, the second, third time, you're kind of used to it. But we all had to get that to come here, to get on the plane. Um, our children had to get it. Uh, you know, Margarita and I, and we have a niece also, she's up in, in, uh, in Washington right now uh, that flew with us. We all had to get the COVID test. For us, it was okay. Um, Antoine got it, my six-year-old son. He cried a little bit, but he, he didn't like it, but he took it. Uh, Anna uh, grabbed the hand of the nurse, tried to take the stick away, and we had to hold her down so she get it. Gabriele just, just kind of stood in place and screamed and, and just made a big scene, but they got it. It was very unpleasant for all of us and for them, but if you ask them right now, actually Margarita just did ask them, was it worth it? Because they wouldn't have been able to come to the United States had they not got that, that test. But was it worth it? And they all said, yeah. yeah. They've, been, they've been going to water parks, they've been going to uh, grandma's house and getting spoiled like crazy. They've been going to OMSI, I don't know how many times, an amusement park. They've been enjoying, the, they went to a VBS last week. They've been enjoying the United States and Oregon, the beautiful Oregon summer. They've been enjoying this time. Again, we asked them, was it worth it to go through that uncomfortable, difficult moment to come here? And they said it, it was. It was. And I think we, we see that. We all have those times. We'd rather not go through them. We all have those seasons where it's, it's just not fun. It's, it, it hurts. But we also see that God is faithful and God is an expert and take that difficult moment and transform it into something beyond our imagination. That God is the only one who can take an ugly situation, a, a confusing situation, and turn it into a blessing that we never thought we could get. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We're going to be in Acts 8, uh, starting in verse 1 through verse 4. Acts 8, verses 1 through 4. Um, in a little bit, I will talk about what's been going on in Paraguay, at least in 2021. Um, some similar things. I, the whole world's kind of going through some of the similar trials and tribulations right now with the pandemic. Um, and so we'll, we'll get into that. I will have a video I'd like to show towards the end. But I want to jump to the scriptures to show a season when the church went through a really rough time, when the church was just a was a really young, uh, young body, a young group, and they had to go through a, a really rough season. And what I think we'll find in this story here about the, the early church is that, you know, just like we always hear, there's good news and there's bad news, right? There's good news and there's bad news. The bad news, what we don't want to hear, is just part of the human experience. It's just these seasons that are just rough. Seasons that are, there's tragedies, there's suffering, there's difficulties. That's the bad news. It's just, it comes with the experience. I had a pastor who always say, just keep living. Just keep living. You're going to have those times where it's just, you're going to get hit. But what, the good news is that our Lord has overcome those tribulations. Our Lord has overcome those trials. And as I said, he's the expert in transform those into blessings and into, to turn the tragedy and the triumph. Acts 8, starting with verse 1, reading the verse 4. And it says, And Saul approved of his execution, referring to Stephen. 
And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Just real quickly, I believe you all know the context. We're not going to talk about the character Saul. I think you all know who that is. That's a whole other message in itself, a very powerful message. But Saul is a religious leader, and he, um, he hates the church. He wants to destroy the church. That's the, that's the work of the enemy. That's the work of Satan. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to see the body come to an end. And Saul is being used to put an end to, this church, to the church when it's really young and it's really new. And Saul wants to, he brings about this great persecution. It says he's ravaging the church, taking men and women off to prison. And where you see there's even execution. Uh, the apostles, uh, the, 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 uh, the deacon leader, Stephen, was executed just right before this passage. So this is a really difficult season for the church that we're reading about. We can take a step back and ask, why? Why is this happening? You know, famous, famous question. In the middle of a trial, why is this happening? Is, is God mad at me? Is God mad at the church? Now, there's a deeper reason. There's a deeper issue going on here. But I just want to throw that question out because it's a question that we all know about when we hit those rough moments. Why? Why is this happening? I just want to make a quick reference to, a, to something else we read about in the scriptures. A number of years, it's never actually recorded when, but before this happened, in, the, in Jerusalem, in the neighborhood called Siloam, there was a tragedy that occurred in the neighborhood of Siloam. There was a tower, and it fell, and it killed 18 people. And apparently this was something that a lot of people were discussing. Even up until Jesus' time, they were still talking about this. Why did this happen? Were those 18 people, uh, were they horrible people? Was God punishing them or was God mad at those 18 people? And Jesus responds to that. He talks about that issue of why did that tower fall? Why did that tragedy occur? Why did those 18 people die? And Jesus says, those 18 people on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the other people who live in Jerusalem? We're all sinners. They were sinners. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. Everybody else in Jerusalem at that time were sinners. We're all sinners. And this is what he says. No, I tell you. It wasn't that there was something specific, special about them. But this is what he says. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What I hear Jesus saying there is tragedy hits. Tragedy doesn't have a bias. Tragedy just, it comes. It's part of the human experience. There will be rough times. There will be tragedies. There will be suffering. And those are opportunities to not ask the, you know, not to to see who's at blame or see what's going on, but to examine ourselves. Jesus is saying that we are like those 18 people. We're sinners like they are. We're just like them. And that's the opportunity to look and examine our situation before God and repent. But as far as are they being punished, are they worse than anybody else? Jesus says, no. That's just part of the experience. Tragedies will hit. Suffering will occur. There will be pain. There will be trial. There will be tribulation, just as Jesus says. 
Going back to the issue of the early church, the early church is going through a really rough persecution. People are being killed, dragged off to prison. What's going on there? Well, we know that there are enemies of the church. We know that Satan wants to destroy the body of Christ, the representation of Christ on this world. Satan wants to stop the message of the gospel from going out. And that's what the church is here to do, to bring that message of the gospel out. So we know that that's the situation, the backdrop of the situation. There's nothing particularly wrong that the church is doing. It's not that they're, they're in sin. We can't get into the issue of they are kind of gathering in Jerusalem. They do need to be getting out more. But when we read the book of Acts, we see that there's a lot of evidence of the favor of God on that church. We see growth. They preach and 5,000 people come to know the Lord. They're serving the poor. They're serving the widows. We see that when they're in trial before the leaders, they have this boldness, this, this conviction. They're standing firm before the leaders. So we see all throughout the book of Acts the favor of God. So when this persecution comes, how do we interpret that? Why are they suffering when we see the favor of God on them? That's just part of their human experience. That's part of the package. Jesus tells us very clearly, in the world you will have tribulation. He says it. There will be those times. That's what I love about the scriptures. That's what I love about what Jesus teaches. He, just, he says it like it is. There's going to be those rough times. That's the bad news. What's the good news? But take heart. I have overcome the world. So we will have these rough times, but we know he's going to overcome it. Peter says it like this. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you as though something strange were happening to you. That's part of the experience. We're going to have those trials and tribulations. But again, there's good news. The one that we serve has overcome. Our Lord is a master at taking that ugly situation, that rough situation, and turning it into joy and in triumph. We're going to show a video in a little bit, but I want to explain one part of the video, what, we, what, we, what you're going to see, is three months ago, about this time, we were stuck at home. We couldn't, couldn't really uh, get out and visit the native communities. The, uh, Don, you, actually, you were really close. One of the closest, it's, it, the, the words, you said Ava Guarani, Ava, perfect. The second name of the other ethnic group, is, it's a difficult one to say. It's Bua, Bua. The Y in Guarani is hard to pronounce. But three months ago, we could not visit the Ava and the Bua communities. We were stuck at home. We were in quarantine. We were in quarantine because Margarita had tested positive for coronavirus. Thank God it was a really light case. She got over it. But there was a really rough season. So we were in that season of quarantine. Margarita was in recovery. Right before that happened, and probably the reason why she caught coronavirus, and I don't know how I didn't, was that we had had a colleague who had, who was sick with coronavirus. In Paraguay and in much of the world, you don't have nurses, and the hospital staff doesn't really take, they don't really take care of the patients. The family and the friends have to take care of the patients. For example, our colleague, who was in a you know, really severe case of pneumonia and coronavirus, the hospital ran out of oxygen. What are you going to do? We went and got, found a, 
big thing of oxygen and brought it to the hospital. Walked right in the back where all the coronavirus patients are. What are you going to do? That's what we did. Wasn't safe, but in those situations, you got to think about, we're, we're focused on the welfare of our colleague. She needed to get through that. Um, and in that somewhere, Margarita caught coronavirus. Again, I don't know how I didn't because I was right there with her. Um, but a colleague did pass away on Easter Sunday after 21 years of missionary service in Paraguay. We, we actually looked at having her ship uh, sent to Chile to get some good treatment. Uh, Chile, there's a, a, the next best hospital nearby was Santiago, Chile. We were looking about getting her put on the plane and sent to Chile. And then um, her family reminded us she wants to be in Paraguay. She had said she'd been very clear with everybody. She doesn't want to go to Chile. She doesn't want to go to the United States. She wants to stay in Paraguay. She wants to die in Paraguay. Um, and she did. She passed away on Easter Sunday. The day before that, we had lost another colleague, uh, a Bula Guarani, the, one of the only Bula Guarani evangelists, the, the only one of the only evangelists from that ethnic group, passed away the day before. So there we were, Margarita sick. We just buried a colleague. We just lost another colleague right before that. It's a rough time. We were mourning. We were healing. In the middle of that, got a phone call. Got a phone call from this young woman here. We got a couple cards. That, uh, we have a new card. Our family keeps getting bigger, so we had to get a new card for our family. And then we have a couple cards that we'd like to show you as well. This is a young woman named Sunny. Sunny is 22 now? 22, 23? 22, 22. Uh, Margarita knew Sonny when she was like, like Gabriele's age, like this. Sonny's now like this. And, so she's, uh, and she's finishing her, 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 her college degree. Um, she was our student at the school we used to teach at. And now she is organizing groups of youth to go with us to visit these native communities, to be volunteers. When we go into these communities, we now actually have helpers going with us. And she's the one that coordinates and organizes those groups, forms those groups. So we are in this week of quarantine, and we get this call from her. And she's, you know, yeah, I understand the situation you guys are in. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about all that. And we're bored. We, can we use your car and go visit the, the Buddha and the Ava? Like, well, Yeah. I mean, who does not want their, those of you who are teachers, Sunday school teachers, school teachers, would you not want your students to progress in their studies and to move on and keep moving on in your, in your path? Don't, you know, parents, don't you want your children to follow your steps? You know, don't you want your disciples to continue in your path, to continue what you're doing? And so, so when she calls and tells us that they want to, you know, you know, they understood our quarantine situation, but they, wanted, they were antsy. They wanted to get out and visit those communities. So we said, yeah. When we came to, United St- uh, came to Paraguay, where are we? We're in Par- United States. When we came to the United States from Paraguay, for two weeks they were visiting those communities without us. So it was like, there we were in this really difficult situation. We couldn't be involved directly in the, getting the word out, getting the gospel out, getting, doing our Bible studies, doing our discipleships. But God took us to the side, let us have a season of mourning and healing, he raised up another group, a local group, our students, to do that for us. He's going to get the word out. He's, gonna, he's more powerful 
than that virus. He's more powerful than the laws and all that that, that, that keep us at home sometimes. He's more powerful than that. He's more, more powerful than the situations. He's going to get his word out. He's going to get his people out and going to get his message of salvation out to people. Please turn to me to Acts 11, starting in verse 19. We're going to pick up the story of what happens with the church in a moment. So we just read this great persecution came against the church. Um, people going to jail. Some people have been killed. But there was a, I don't know if you caught the last verse. They had to leave Jerusalem. The Christians the, from the first church, they had to leave Jerusalem. But what were they doing when they were leaving? They were sharing the word. That's a message for us in those rough seasons, those rough trials, to not stop talking about the Lord, to not stop sharing the hope, to not stop sharing about our faith in the one who we trust in those rough times. Acts 11, starting in verse 19. Just read a couple of verses here. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen, that clear, clearly tells us the same group of people, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke with the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and the great number who believed turned to the Lord. just want to stop there. So I'm sure we could go around the room and hear testimony after testimony of, we were in a rough season, and the Lord changed that. We were in a trial, and the Lord took us out of that and brought us to a, 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 a moment of triumph or took some sadness and turned it into joy. I'm sure we could hear testimony after testimony. And here we read a testimony like that here in, this, in the story of the church. They're going through this rough season. They have to leave their homes. They have to leave their families. They're basically uh, refugees, you know, religious, per, per, religiously persecuted refugees, leaving one place, going to another. But... They continue sharing their message. And look at verse 21. What's the result? A couple people turned to the Lord. Three people turned to the Lord. Five people turned to the Lord. A great number. There was revival in the city of Antioch. And it mentions other places too. The same thing was going on. We know that Antioch became the second most important church shortly after this. So we see how God is an expert at turning a bad situation into something good. An effort to halt the expansion of the gospel, to destroy the church, and allowing the gospel to get out and to get to the rest of the nation, to fulfill his word of, of starting in, in, in Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's getting fulfilled. There was an attempt to stop that, but God has overcome the world. God has conquered this sinful system that operates in this world, and he's allowed his gospel to get out. Now, I'm sure my, my, my kids did not like that COVID-19 test. But they, if you ask them, they'll say that it was worth it. It was worth it. And if you ask these Christians, these early church brothers and sisters, was it worth it to go through that season of difficulty for a great number of more people to come to know the Lord? 
Was it worth it? I'm sure they would say yes. And I'm sure that there are people that we have uh, in our lives, family, friends, co-workers, classmates, that we are praying for every day that they'll come to know the Lord. And if somehow our testimony in that season of trial could reach them, could speak to them, could push them closer to the Lord, I'm sure we would say it's worth it. Even though we don't like that trial, even though we don't like that moment. But if somehow somebody else could come closer to the Lord as a result of a difficult moment, eternal life is, is far outweighs momentary suffering. And if that can get to other people, it's worth it. So I want to share this video now. It's going to just show what's been going on in Paraguay for the last six months. Um, You're going to see it starts off well, then it hits a low point, and then it kind of goes back up again, like a good story plot line, except for it's it's, it's just what really happened starting in January. So um, so yeah, uh, we got the the video there. And then uh, as I was showing some cards, afterwards we'll have some of our cards available um, to be praying for the other people that are working with us. But go ahead and... Watch this now. We had five baptisms at the beginning of the year. That was pretty, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, praise be to God. I mean, and we had a, um, we had a, a team of Ava Guarani young men that we were discipling to become evangelists into different communities. So, and that was going on strong until about mid-March, late March. And that's when the, the really difficult season hit us. But then we see how God in his mercy and his grace and his power, is able to turn that around. In April, May, and going on into the June, um, the, the, the work came back. The, we, went, we were able to get back into the work, and he was able to touch many lives. Um, the, the, the education program is going well. We got a report from, the, from uh, the, the tutors that were down there that they're seeing advances. These kids are, are, are advancing in their studies. They're, they're reading better. They're writing better. They're doing math quicker. Um, but on top of it, now we have three candidates for baptism. Hopefully, and please pray that this year we can get to have them baptized. Uh, we have a couple, two or three, you, you saw that there's one community where they already are having gatherings every week to, to pray, to, to praise, and to, to listen to the scriptures. We need prayer that that can be continuous, and that can be uh, consistent. There's so many things that can happen in these native communities that one day we show up and the chief is mad at us and we don't know why and then so we can't do our, the service and then uh, the next day they're asking us to come on a day that we can't go and so it's like, you know, but pray that this, these, these gatherings can occur on a regular basis in that community. And as I said, there's three other communities that are ready, that are ready. They've already asked for church services and so we just need to build the team and start up. And that's what we're praying for the rest of this year, that we can get those church services going, have those baptisms, and that the kids can also continue to progress in their studies. So Jesus told us, in this world you'll have tribulation. But he also says, take heart, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. We saw our Christian ancestors, brothers and sisters in Christ, when their tribulation hit them, they were of good cheer. They trusted in him and the Lord. And they continued bringing that message of hope. And we're, we're the result of that. The churches that are spread all over the world today are the result of the faithfulness of, our, of those Christian forefathers and 
foremothers, I guess you'd say, the, the, the brothers and sisters back then that were maintaining faithful, getting the word out. That's how the, that's how the message got out. And so when those times of struggling and suffering and, and tragedies hit, there is a season for mourning. There's a season for healing. There's also a season for expansion, for getting the word out. And we see that God is such an expert at taking those situations and converting them, momentary suffering, into eternal life. Sadness into joy. And, and our prayer is that we, we would be faithful. When those seasons hit, that we would just have that faithful, joyful um, message to share with others. So I'd just like to close with prayer, and then I'll invite Pastor to come up after, after the prayer. Um, I don't know, and then I, we'll, will we have a time, we'll be available to answer questions after the service. Um, definitely enjoy being in touch with you all, being in contact. I'm very, very much grateful for, uh, for your partnership in the gospel. Um, we do have a gift, a present, uh, Mar- Margarita, Tintina La. Anna, could you bring up the what, mom, what your mom's going to take out? Can you bring that over here, please? We'd like to leave with you all. I mean, you already are praying all the time for us, and we just another thank you. Just another uh, a visual image, a visual reminder to keep praying and praising God for what He's doing in Paraguay among the Guarani people. This is a, I guess you would use, you would put a. My, my English vocabulary, sometimes I forget things, but you, you put a hot steaming pot on top of this to not burn your wooden table or your wooden counter. What would you call that? <laughs> Trivet. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. What, uh, so, but it's made by um, native women who live along the river, and they use a specific reed to make this, these patterns. So I'd like to leave this with the church as a token of gratitude, but also just a reminder that um, we're doing this together, and the Lord is doing some great things in Paraguay. Um, can I pray for you? Can we close them. All right. Well, Lord God, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for this church. We thank you because you are the one who has overcome. You're the one who conquers this, the, the, the system, the sinful system in this world. You're the one who has overcome. We trust in you, and we just ask, Lord God, that when those seasons come, that we'll have that, that joy, that we'll have the, the good courage, that we'll not stop sharing the hope that we have in Christ. And if just one person could come to know you, could be pushed closer to you as a result of our difficult seasons, it's worth it. Eternal life is much more valuable than momentary suffering. It's much more... It's, it's, it validates uh, that the end justifies the means. We thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness to us, to this church. And if somebody here watching or somebody here listening has, is hearing this and is, has decided that I don't know that I'm, I'm there, I don't know that I have that trust in Christ. We heard a verse earlier today. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's a promise. Somebody watching, somebody listening right now. I encourage you, if you've never done so, to call upon the name of the Lord. To simply say, Jesus, thank you for giving your life on the cross. I want to follow you. And help us all to follow you today, Lord God, this week, in bringing and sharing your message of hope with all who are around us, Lord God. 
We thank you for this church. We thank you for what you're doing, that you're getting the gospel out, despite all that's going on around us, but you're getting your word out, and people are coming to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.